All of us here at Across the Rail Podcast have been very blessed to sit behind this microphone, and I personally have enjoyed doing this podcast with all my friends here. If you were to ask the motivation for this podcast, I reckon it would be to let other warm-hearted, spirit-filled Wesleyans worldwide know that there are those here still who believe in the proclamation of scriptural holiness. Regardless of what you hear about the UMC, or the greater Pan-Wesleyan tribe in the news. Just know that you're not alone, and the time for a rebirth of our movement is near. Pursuant to that, Across the Rail podcast has been indebted to a very generous patron, without which this podcast probably wouldn't exist. Not only have I had the pleasure of working for him for decades, but also am blessed to call him my good friend. Yesterday, his father died, and I just wanted to dedicate today's episode to Charlie's memory, a simple man from Texas, a great father and a faithful husband. Without the benefit of wealth and high education, he raised a man of faith, integrity, and great generosity. Thanks, Charlie. We'll see you again soon. Welcome to Across the Rail podcast, Methodist lay people who have finally gotten their schedules together to podcast again, dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode today discusses why what we believe matters, but that's still not enough. Does it transform me? Does it transform my pastor? And most of all, does it transform the people in the pews? Warning, we're not the men in black from the pulpit, but from the pews across the rail. Our episode today is entitled Beliefs Matter. What do you believe and how has it changed how you live your life? Well, guess what? Orthodoxy and orthopraxy is on the docket for today. Don't know what that means? Well, we're here to inform and encourage you. What are your concerns this year when it comes to your local UMC church, the denomination at large, and basically the worldwide Methodist movement? But before we open this huge 55-gallon drum of pretentious prognostication, who's here? Ryan. Corey. Jody. John's here. And Greg. So, Pastor, why does what you believe matter? Because we are what we believe. In every sense, we are what we believe. Our actions come from how we feel. How we feel comes from our attitude. Our attitudes come from our values. And our values, guess what, come from what we believe. It is at the very core of who we are as human beings, what we believe is. And not only does it impact our day-to-day -day life, our work, our relationships, how we interact with one another, it has eternal significance that far outweighs anything else in this world so what you're basically saying is my belief are the frame is the frame that frames my worldview it's how i process every external stimuli that comes to me sight sound how i process things in my brain is what i believe about myself about my god and about my fellow man should be yes okay should be yes does that mean sometimes we might let a little too much of ourself take over at times, but our beliefs are our core of who we are. 
You know, a lot of people are into, uh, intimidated by the terms orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Praxy means praxis, mm -hmm. means you practice. It kind of sounds like that. It's how you actually take what you believe and live it out. But orthodoxy, I mean, it's literally a correct ortho means correct or right thinking, not stinking thinking. And doxa, which means belief or opinion. And I, I really like that opinion because... As human beings, we sometimes perceive things that perhaps are untrue, but we have certain criteria, certain flow charts that we process. Wesleyan what is quadrilateral? Oh so, man, you jumped the gun. Go ahead, jump into that snake cool. pit. If you yeah, will. I mean, wow. what we believe, what we do, how we see the world should be funneled through the lens of scripture. It, it should first be, and foremost. Yeah. It, we need to look to scripture. Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it good? Is it bad? What does the word say about it? That should be our first and foremost thing that we go to. Not our own personal belief, our, our own personal uh, interpretation as far as what my experience says about this particular item. No, we got to go to the word first. Now, if the word doesn't say anything about it, we filter it through the rest but you're hard pressed to find many things that God's holy word does not comment upon. Jody, I'm going to ask you a tough question because yeah. I know you can handle it, buddy. Where is the Trinity in scripture? Where is the Trinity in scripture? The word. This is kind of a trick question. So I'm, I'm kind of being unfair to you. You so are. It's not a trick question. Well, no, I, my point being is not all scripture does not address all things right, right. that we believe as orthodox and orthopraxic Christians. The Bible alludes to three persons of the Trinity, but it doesn't mention the Trinity per se. That's a doctrine, a long-held doctrine yes. of the church that's been held for the church for 2,000 years, and the church has defended it with the blood of the saints. It's not retreating from that. So if I say, well, I'm a Unitarian, I believe, you know, hero Israel, God is one. Okay, that's fine. But the church says, and I, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church has for all times and always said that God is three in one. Right. And I would think that that would be the second criteria, perhaps, if the Bible doesn't speak specifically to an issue. What do you think? Well, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. <clears throat> I mean, you know, uh, you're quoting certain scripture out of the Old Testament. Jesus Christ opened up and began the New Testament, mm -hmm. which we might as well say is the permanent covenant. Okay, so uh, Jesus established, uh, well, in the New Testament, he said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. We're together. And he says, it's to your advantage that I go. And I'll send that other one, the comforter. Well, that's just another express yep. manifestation of God. Three in one. It does not have to be so complicated. <laughs> I want to get back to something Ryan said. You know, uh -oh. he said in the beginning, he said, uh, uh, you are what you believe. Kind of made me think of the old saying, uh, you are what you eat. And both of those are exactly the same in this context because we're talking about spiritual things here. What you meditate on, what you digest, what you feed your spirit, man, is the growth that you're going to have Absolutely. or the cancer, so Absolutely. to speak, that you're going to have. And, you know, Scripture backs that up, says, 
as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So why is it important what you believe? If you don't have the right foundation and you don't have the right perspective based on the word, the written word, then uh, you're just you're just a, uh, a sailboat with no rudder just going every which way yeah, on the ocean. And, and we're seeing that. Yeah. We're seeing that today play out not only in society but within the church. But, so, but but do you think uh, some of that is intentional? It's intentional from a standpoint it's of intentional from a from, yeah, That's what I'm yeah. about to say. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I, because it's I, evil. Yes. To 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 contradict scripture, mm -hmm. and a lot of these churches are doing that. You know, you know, and I know that when 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 they read the the word on there, there's. The, there's not that much interpretation. I mean, on the, yeah, on yeah, the, yes, yes, there yeah. is. There is some interpretation on there, but but not not on the issues that like, we're making. Yeah, yeah. Th there's no hell, or there was no virgin birth, yeah. and you know all, all these horror stories that we keep hearing that are coming out of the pulpit on there. Well, I I, I can't I coming can't. out of the seminaries. Well, yeah. And, and, yeah. What do you I mean? If it's coming out of the, the seminaries, it's going to manifest itself well, and, and, and the whole thing is, is you know that has to be intentional oh yeah it's intentional. well they're going against like you said they're going against scripture number one and and what greg was talking about with jody how we you know the, the church has always said this about this subject they're going against tradition which is that second layer that they're just completely throwing shade to and just saying it doesn't matter what we've done this is how we're going to do it now. And if you do not agree with us, you're wrong. You yeah, you're wrong. are evil. There is a famous Midwestern United Methodist pastor. Uh, if I said his name, everybody would recognize him. And he has famously posited that scripture can be placed in three buckets. There's the bucket that this scripture has always meant this for all time and for all reasons and for all seasons. Then there's this. Well, this was kind of a interpretation of a certain historical place and a historical time, but is not necessarily uh, applicable in that way today. Mm -hmm. And then there's the third, which is strictly a personal prejudice or a personal viewpoint, a la Paul talking about only having men as ministers. And I apologize if you're listening to this and believe men for the priesthood only. We're good Wesleyans. We believe God calls who he calls. But the point being is, I think that is an insidious, and he claims orthodoxy. He claims that he believes in the Apostles' Creed. He claims he believes in all the 39 articles and all the all of Wesley stuff. He claims orthodoxy, yet with his very subtle, and he's a very convincing speaker. If you listen to this guy, he's very convincing. And I wonder how many people, he leads one of the largest United Methodist churches in the United States, and how he has deceived so many people subtly away from orthodoxy oh. and thus orthopraxy. And I just think that uh, God will hold those people accountable. I truly believe yeah. that. It's but, bad enough to jack your own self well, up, but I, to I, I, pull, I, pull, pull four or 5,000 of your closest friends or more. Right. Right. Yeah. Try yeah. not to be judgmental. Well, then, you, you know, there I say you've got a fourth way of people doing with Scripture as well, and that is 
taking bits and pieces. Oh, and, Lord, yes. And picking it together, <laughs> cherry-picking it to the way to, to make it. To fit their own. <coughs> yeah, their right, there, yeah. right, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, it, it, what is it, that called, it, justification? Well, yeah. I, I, I've often said that's why we have so many different religions. We pick and choose the, the parts we like of the Bible, and that's why we have you know, Baptists, that's why we have Methodists, that's why we have all these other other denominations out there, is because well, I don't like that part of the Bible, I, you know. Well, that's why it's so important to have conversations like this and to do it more regularly and not just assuming that everybody in the congregation, well, they grew up in church, they know this, they know that, they know this. No, you can't assume those things anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to actually go back to the basics and say, this is what we believe, and this mm -hmm. is why we believe it. Scripture text without context is a pretext for my own text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I if I'm not reading a few verses, maybe a chapter ahead and a chapter to get the whole oh, yeah. whole idea of Scripture, mm -hmm. then I can be I can be very misleading. Yeah. Interesting. Um, is it just enough to mentally assent? No. To what God says and, and what scripture says and what the the Methodist Church says and what all Christians for 2,000 years have said. No. Is it just good enough to say, yeah, I believe that, no, but it all. does not affect how I live my life? No, no, no. no. Practice what you preach. Yeah. There you go. We say more with our actions than we ever will with our words. So information without transformation is just fake. It's a thousand dollar bill. You you can't help be transformed if you are seeking God's word and trying to live like that. You can't help but have a transformation in yeah. your life completely. So really, information without transformation is a lie. Believe exactly lie right. It's it's not enough to just to believe the right way because it's like, you know, this is going to be a really weird example here, but. It's what pops in my head. You know, you, you watch these shows on TV, these crime shows and stuff, and there's there's people that come up and say, okay, this is what we believe happened. Okay, if you just stop right there and just believe, okay, that's what happened, you'll never figure out what happened, out, what actually happened. Why, it's the same thing with this. If you just stop at believing, yeah, God is my Savior, and that's exactly what I'm going to believe, and you don't go do something, there is no transformation. There is there is no room wiggle room there to to make a difference, to share with the world what needs to be shared. You just have a a, a good knowledge. Yes, now, exactly. Yes. Do I believe that if you even have a no good knowledge? Do sure. I believe that believing and simply <clears throat> believing and simply doing that will be uh, sufficient for salvation? It's through grace that we're saved. Absolutely. So, yes. But in the pursuit of holiness, absolutely not. So, you can have the justification without the sanctification in that in that aspect, I guess you'd say. Isn't it? But then, then you got to go ask yourself, uh, if you've truly been, quote, saved, if, 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 if you're not... Uh... Well, I'm talking deathbed kind of stuff right. here on oh, that. Well, you know okay. what I mean? <clears throat> but... Yeah. Granted, I, yeah, I, yeah. yes, I right because you have no point. Kind of stuff. But if you live your life 
get drunk, have three women on the side, go into the part of my fridge, yeah, go into the low. titty bars yes. two or three times a week. And at the end of your life, well, yeah, I, I've been saved by grace. And you have lived your life like Billy Deuce. I, I'm sorry. I got, I'm not convinced. No, no. I got to no, agree with that. If, if you're, you're just going to uh, be genuinely saved. Knocking and, and that's you know, it. So, you know, that's like, you know, I've got somebody I know that, I mean, was his heart couldn't tell you the truth if it if it was staring right back at him in the face and you know i i can't judge anybody as far as i don't know who's saved and who is saved saved mm -hmm. but you can like we're fruit inspectors right. you know we can yeah. see what they are based off the fruit Amen. and mm -hmm. if you can tell no truth then i have to question whether the spirit of truth amen dwells within you there you mm -hmm. go so there you go. And the same with, I mean, we are what we believe. It's going to play out in our actions. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. What would you, how would you rate your, <clears throat> the, the UMC that we all know and love? How would you rate our level of orthopraxis based on our orthodoxy? Let me give you a prime example real quick. Run on, brother. I, I don't have much longer. I'm like, <laughs> but prime example of this is this when we pass certain resolutions that say we are not going to do any disciplinary action for those that go directly against our book of discipline and we say it you know we're not gonna do anything until general conference 2024 there will be no disciplinary action taken but then to get up there and say but we will uphold the book of discipline and continue to uphold the book of discipline that sounds like our you ain't government. upholding what you believe That's at that exactly point in time right. because we're talking out <laughs> both sides of your mouth. Absolutely. Mm. So out of what one one to ten, ten being the greatest, where where would you uh, 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 place our um, uh, beloved Methodist as far as doing what we sh actually practicing what we preach? Right. Uh, I would put us at about a negative three. A negative one, if not argue. further. I'm gonna say less than twenty five percent. No, I would have been in the negative myself. Yeah, because you've got such a small percentage now that you, truly you do. do have some good some good uh, uh, Methodists out yeah. there that that are walking mm -hmm. the walk and, and, and talking. With that being uh, said, I ain't about, getting it right all the time. Uh, we're all a snapshot. I mess uh, up. The United Methodists, yeah, as a whole. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. lot more. Negative than there is positive when in, in that aspect, well, and, it's, and it's sad. It's just like picking and choosing what you look at, wh wh how you live out your life yep. in belief. It's the same thing with what's being preached today. They majority of of the Methodists today who 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 speak in quote the word pick and choose what to preach because then you get into. Oh, we're worried about offending somebody. You know, we don't want we don't want to cause anybody to leave the church. Excuse me. Do you do you have any they? idea of what's going on around you right now? And you're 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 if you're offending people, you're doing something right because the Holy Spirit's working in them. To if you don't, in my view, if you don't go to a, a church service and hear a pastor, and you don't leave feeling like you've been offended or feeling like you need to do something well, to change something on. with your life. Yeah. You toe stepped on then. Agreed. You ain't doing something. If right. I was a Bishop and I had a chart and I had a annual conference and I kept looking and my churches started going from 
860, 840, and I'm closing churches, and I haven't seen them. And my average church has had maybe one profession of faith in the last few years. Yeah. And I see no, I see no young people, and I don't hear of, of how God is working in people's lives. I would, and I read the word. I don't know how mm -hmm. they can read the word and not stand condemned in front of God the Father. How wow. have I allowed mm -hmm. this to happen? on my watch yeah and i'm not and, and god bless them i'm not in their shoes but that would convict me beyond anything mm -hmm. i could handle Hard. yeah i think uh well, to, your, to, your to, conscience hasn't been seared well let's it, be honest it, yeah it, 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 it goes back to this this woke movement that we're seeing in society as a, <laughs> no seriously i mean seriously. that's a nightmare you know where, where where it's you know we 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 worry about offending people on there and being a bishop on there you know it's it's become a political more than a leadership sure. role uh and it 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 doesn't need to be like another check throw, off the career path. i'll throw this yeah. out there too we shouldn't strive to be offensive just no for the sake of no, being offensive no, but no. if we are preaching the gospel if we are telling people the truth in love if we are truthfully trying to practice what we believe in our life the gospel in its most essence is transformational. Mm -hmm. If we are preaching the gospel and no transformation is happening, what's wrong? We ain't preaching the gospel. Yeah. Because if the gospel is preached, if Jesus Christ is lifted up, he says he will draw all men unto Amen. himself. And if we ain't getting drawing people, men and women and boys and girls, something's wrong. Yep. We need to rethink our act. Yeah. Amen. Know, the church cannot mirror the world and expect to draw anybody. Absolutely yeah. not. We are called to be different, yes, a peculiar, yes. holy people. Right. We are holiness people. It's not measured by the, the the our dress length or whether we whatever. That's that's passe. How do we treat our neighbor? How do we work in our business? Do we love Jesus? Do we exude the glow of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Two words. We're set apart. We are set apart. Holy before God. Amen. Well, speaking of, <laughs> that's a hard transition speaking to go, but <clears throat> innovative tooling services. Uh -huh. Now that we have been acquired, we are part of the worldwide Adept Fastener Company. We still offer fastener system, fastening system installation tooling knowledge, application experience, and we can hook you up with the fasteners themselves. Oh, wow. We just used to have one half of it. Now we got both of them. That's yeah. exactly right. That's why we're still on the leading edge of aerospace tooling. Contact them at 1-800-832-7009 or look them up on the World Wide Web at InnovativeTooling.com. Okay, we're back. So let's bring it from the 30,000 foot theoretical level down to the six to 10 foot level. And let's focus on the future, on, on the new thing, the, the, the new 
renewed movement of Methodism. What, in your opinion, will be the one or two things that if we don't get right, either orthodoxically or orthopractically, if that's a word, in the GMC, it will utterly fail. So what do you think of the one to two things that are absolutely we have to have, or this is just UMC 2.0? I I agree with something that, that Jody mentioned on our break. You know, it, it all starts with the, the true form of practicing what you preach. Um, you know, if, if we're going to, if we're going to separate and become our own, our own party. Well, hold on a second. They're doing that now. They're practicing what they're preaching. They're not preaching right. Well, yeah. You know. But I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. Right. True. Right. True. Practice scripture. The yes. Way that it's intended. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then I mean, to me, you just have exactly what we've had before. You know, it's no different. If if you have people just coming in here feeling like they can do whatever they want to do. You know, and, and, and I really think um, accountability is a big part of that, too. You have hit um, the mark on that one. Yeah. So why don't you flesh out when you when you say accountability, what does that mean for you? So it all starts with looking at, OK, where is the global Methodist church going? What's our plan? What's it look like? Is this really it, what we say? Is this really what it's going to be? And then when you figure that out and you finally come down to the conclusion of, okay, this is how we're going to start living and this is how we're going to start preaching, that's when you you get with all those people, you know, your groups, and you say, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And to me, if you're holding somebody accountable, you know, and if you're holding a group of people accountable, especially your church, you know, they're not going to get mad at you for that. Jesus holds us accountable every day. He don't get. He, he may get, you know, a little frustrated of, of why are you doing that? Corey, but, you're exactly right. We suffer because of our low expectations. Yes, exactly. To be a Methodist is almost the lowest of all expectations. Yeah. Show up once a month, do a good thing, and then you're good. And you're good. Yeah. Be be be. <clears throat> Nice to the point of death. Yeah. We've got too many people out here today who come in here, get a little touch of water, and then I'm good for like yeah. three months. Yeah. You know, see I'm, I'm going to go ahead see and, Easter. Yes. I'm going to go ahead Good and I'm going to get, I'm gonna get baptized and then I'm going to be good. I have forgiveness so I can do whatever I want. No, that's not how it works. Now, we are talking about people who are joining the local bodies, yeah, the local churches. We're not talking about the... Uh, happenstance person that walks off the street yeah that uh has not had the conversion yet yes no but we're talking as, about people that say i identify with you and i am one of you yes i'm with you you know you, you say accountability yes that's key but more importantly leadership from the uh from the lay level all the way to the top yep. has got to get Resolve not to compromise. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Consistency is mm-hmm. what the key word is right there. You know, this, Very much. The, the, once you, you compromise, you ultimately lose. You lose. You you, yeah. you you you're giving something up. Yeah. And and the word is something that we don't need to give up. 
The word is our high ground. Well, mm-hmm. it should be our high ground. Yeah. You know, but there, the, the, these these new Methodists that uh, you know they're they're manipulating that word. So oh, they're compromised. So it's so it's no longer a high ground. It's, yeah. It is a it is uh, uh, a reference point. Uh, yeah. For for their uh, behavior, a reference point for their uh, improprieties. For and, them, and it's excuse. like a demilitarization zone. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think you're right. Accountability is key on there, but it has to come, it has to start high and the expectation is, is at every level. And, and there, there needs to be, uh, and I hate to use the word penalties, if, if you, if you uh, veer from that, I mean, I, I don't want to go into one method church and, Expect it to be the same, same sermon, same style at the next one, and go in. right. You know, you, it's not going to be cookie cutter, but there are going to be basic, agreed upon principles right. that mm-hmm. the laity and the clergy are going to be right. signing off to. And right. that's one of the cool things about the GMC. For two years, we have a drafted book of doctrines and disciplines that anybody that can interweb can read what we stand for Mm -hmm. so no one joining no one wanting to be a a part of us can say well i didn't know you know i just and again high expectations is how the methodist movement began i just think uh uh that that we we as christians in general have become extremely lazy and we are relying on our clergy to guide us through uh, life's uh, uh, racetrack to get to, uh, to, to to get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I guarantee you that uh, that the majority of the people have not picked up their Bible this week at all. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying all because th- there are some uh, devoted devoted Christians that are in the Word every day. But yeah. when you got to dust your Bible off because company's coming over, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, clergy has to for clergy to be ordained in the GMC, they're going to have to sign an affidavit that they agree with the book of doctrines and discipline. It's not just going to be I promise, I solemnly swear, I state your name, anything like that they're going to have to sign off on that. And the beautiful thing about the GMC is laity. You can bring it charges against violations of the book of doctrines and discipline can be brought from any annual conference anywhere that there's no place you can run, no place you can hide clergy or laity. If you're not upholding the good faith and the good discipline that our book of discipline talks about now when we go into a convening conference after we get typically 18 months two years the amount of disaffiliations continue people join then we have a convening conference where the people come and and they vote on that but i'm going to be quite honest with you you know john wesley said that that he feared that methodism would become a dead sect if it did not start out with the discipline and the doctrine and the spirit in which it started. And I'm going to tell you, it all goes back to transformation, and I'm going to beat this old dead horse again. Unless we allow and covet 
and pray and desire the Holy Spirit to move in our services and to move in our lives and, and to put our 20 minute and I'm nothing again, I'm not a fan of long winded preachers. Please understand this. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking to a pastor and he feels a desire to, to go in a certain direction by cracky, he ought to have the freedom to do mm -hmm. that. Right. And it's just like I, I was a, a, a lay supply at a small church and I felt the Holy Spirit say to open, open the altar. For people to respond after after that and sure enough a person came down and prayed at the, and i shouldn't be shocked at that yeah. in a methodist church yeah. but i i'm just i'm gonna tell you i was and i said lord thank you i i just i i if we do not have that spirit if we do not have the desire to please god and be a welcome place for his presence this this is doomed to failure yeah yeah I agree. Yeah. I 100% agree. There's, there's, there's too much, too much, too many people out in the world that are saying, not saying, but acting very, unashamed, very ashamed. Very also, ashamed. Also, discipleship groups, accountable discipleship groups mm -hmm. like ours last night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a must. Very much. God's kingdom will only grow, and that's where your leaders are going to come from, mm -hmm. is groups like that, people that are serious about their faith in Jesus Christ, yeah. where they are accountable mm -hmm. to their brothers, and they live their lives, and they open themselves up yeah. to examination. You know, and, and that's going to be a hard change. That's going to be a very hard change, mm -hmm. John. You yeah. are exactly right. Because, uh, because you know, we're, we're, our, our people are used to coming in at 9 or 11, and... You know, that's it that's it yeah it's their that's their jesus for the week on there and and now and and of course this, this group understands the accountability group because we're part of a, a group on that so so in, in saying that is you know and this is going to be the biggest challenge is you know how how are we going to convey to to the existing you know the newer members may not be so hard the existing members that we have uh, remaining on there that's going to be the challenge right there of of saying, hey, this this is this is this is what is needed, right on there. You know, we're not going to force you, but we would encourage you to do. Let so. me ask you a question: Should that be a requirement for leadership in the local church to be a member of a, an accountable discipleship? I, 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 I would say yes. Yes, I would say yes. Yes, I understand some of our older members which have been in lecture classes since they were, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is what the Bible says. This is what to think about it. Yeah. Have a nice day. I, I met Moses. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but for the younger men, I mean, I, this, this is going to have to be lay led and youth led. Right. Yeah. We, we're going to have to change our paradigm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and we're going to, we're going to have to shoulder that load guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, that's that's that's. Uh, but we can do it with God's gonna help. To, you're going to have to be willing to let people walk in love. Amen. Mm -hmm. And you know what I'm talking about is their departure. When mm. I say walk in love. You know we cannot walk together in fellowship if uh, we have divided interest and divided loyalties to the Book of Discipline 
right. and the overall structure. So mm -hmm. there comes a time when, uh, you know, and the old saying, let's just agree to disagree. Well, we cannot continue to walk in unity and disagreement. Well, God bless you. Go your way. Well, you yeah. know, also, also, it, it is true brotherly love to sit there and say, hey, brother, what, what you're doing is wrong mm -hmm. on there. Uh, you know, you might want to change your ways because God doesn't appreciate that. You know, and that's not being, you know. Uh, uh, I think uh, to answer um, Greg's question, in all honesty, there's going to be a great calling. Oh, absolutely. In the local flocks. Right. So are we going to have to shrink to grow? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I 100% yeah. believe that. You know, the Germans say, to speed up, you got to slow down. Yeah. Absolutely. But but again, though, that's 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 not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if no, we, it's not. If, if we've got people that 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 want to be called a Methodist, that that don't want to. Yes. This is a coalition of the willing. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be a coalition of the of the coerced. Right. right. You, you know, I, again, I'm a believer. It's why the Marines meet their recruiting goal every year, right. because they demand something of you. Right. You can don't have to be a slub. You have to have honor and discipline and 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 seal teams yeah. they 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 fill out and they weed out and they still come people come because it's a high bar and it right. means something to be a seal team member well, and it means something it ought to mean something to be, to a, be a methodist i agree with that yeah. it used to right. yeah we were weird yeah but that's okay because we were filled with god's spirit we love people I would rather have a evangelize the nation. I would rather have a small, small, dedicated group of Christians than a big old group of you don't uh, need to, wannabes. You don't need a big old group of nothing no. to, to 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 make a movement happen. Yeah, and that what old Gideon did, or God told Gideon, read it out, boys. Yeah, well, you think about even Jesus's earthly ministry. Yeah. You look at the uh, the larger crowds that surround him, but when, when push comes shove, yeah. all was yeah. said and done, yeah. 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 they all weeded out. Yeah. Guys, this is a great discussion. Appreciate it. Thanks to all our listeners, especially we mentioned Germany. You guys are our top international listening. I hope you enjoying what our content is. We're going to try to be more diligent. Got got a little hiccup here. Uh, we're going to try to be more diligent in recording. We apologize for that. So uh, please have grace for us and, and we covet your prayers. So as we end this podcast, you can find this episode and other Across the Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take time to give us that five-star rating. If you have questions on this or any other episode, please send your comments, cheers or jeers, to comments at acrosstherail.com yes. or look up Across the Rail podcast on the Twitters by our handle at Across the Rail and at Facebook on Across the Rail podcast. Please give us a like there and leave us any feedback or questions. Thank you all so much for listening. So who wants to pray us out tonight? I'll do the honors. Go ahead, Corey. All right. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord, that we've been able to gather together, uh, Lord, and to... Uh, Speak truth, uh, Lord, speak truth of your word and um, 
and hopefully into the lives that are out there listening, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you would be with us, and Lord, continue to help us uh, be the forefront of, of what's to come. And Lord, that we we be the the ones who are ready to to stand the ground, Lord, and to uh, plow the ground as well. Amen. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, be with the listeners, Lord, be with us as we go on through our daily lives, following you more closely. We ask this through your holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.